What is up, my friends, and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. If you're a first-time listener, you may like to know that I previously worked as a hockey news editor for The Score up here in Toronto, one of the top-rated sports apps in the App Store. I also have written for SB Nation, Cup of Chowder, uh, as well as some other teams and some other hockey sites as well. And have been rooting for the Bruins for, uh, yeah, about 30 years now. So, good times. Although, yesterday's game, not good times. Before we get into that, let me remind you that you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Ruins to keep up on all new episodes as well as updates from the team. You can also subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app if you do so, then each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very, very much appreciated. I am also on Twitter at ENC McLaren, same on Instagram. And if you feel like emailing me, you can do so at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com or McLaren at gmail.com. So remember back in the regular season when the Bruins were the only team to record 100 points? Well, that was all for naught at this point as the Bruins will not be able to hold on to their top seed in the Eastern Conference or the NHL as a whole because of two losses in the round robin, first to the Philadelphia Flyers and now to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They lost 3-2 on Wednesday, Um, you know, went down 2-0, showed some fight, literally, thanks to Tori Krug, and then were able to tie the game, but then gave up a late Tyler Johnson goal that uh, was a pretty big rebound given up by Tuka Rask and went right onto his stick and then back into the back of the net for the win. So the Bruins have now recorded zero points through two round robin games and, you know, look to be at best the third seed and quite possibly the fourth seed if they uh, are unable to beat Washington on Sunday. Now it's very debatable as to whether seeding is all that important in this year's playoffs, considering the neutral site angle where there's no home ice advantage and also considering teams are pretty much starting from the same page all relatively healthy although Tampa Bay wasn't playing with Steven Stamkos yesterday that should be noted Um, but you know the Bruins were the best team in the regular season and I believe they can beat any team in the NHL uh, in a seven game series all that being said it would have been nice to see them come out and be more competitive in these two games and um, to, you know, it's more important right now how they're playing than where they finish, I think. After the game, head coach Bruce Cassidy said, we are where we are now. We're just trying to win a hockey game right now, get our game together for 60 minutes. Would I rather have been the number one seed? Absolutely. Keep it. That's not going to happen, so we'll get ready for Washington and play the best game we can and prepare for the postseason. 
And I think that's the key right there. The Bruins, these games don't matter as much in the grand scheme of things compared to teams in the qualifying round. Obviously, their spots in the playoffs are not guaranteed, whereas the Bruins is uh, because they finished first and in the top four. Uh, However, the way that they're playing right now has been pretty discouraging. Um, Although, again, after uh, Barkley Goodrow leveled Brandon Carlo on a blindside hit that I really hope the NHL Department of Player Safety will take a look at. Uh, Tory Krug came to his defense partner's uh, defense and uh, fought Blake Coleman after that hit, and that really helped uh, turn the tide for the Bruins for a little bit at least. Uh, Chris Wagner said after that he thought the team competed much harder, That hit and Krug's fight kind of got the team going. They battled hard in the corners and they had some tough bounces on the first two goals in his estimation, but he thought they competed way better overall for the whole 60 minutes compared to the game against the Flyers. Uh, It's, you know, definitely debatable whether or not that Goodrow hit should have warranted a five-minute major. Uh, The Bruins... We're not able to capitalize on the ensuing minor power play. And uh, their goals came from Charlie McAvoy on a point shot. And then Chris Wagner, who banged in a rebound that uh, went off the post and in. Now, Chris Wagner has two goals through two round robin games. Uh, when he's your leading scorer, you know things are not going well. They haven't got goals from the top line. Uh, I didn't really think Jake DeBrusque looked all that great on a third line right wing roll. In fact, the first goal that the uh, Lightning scored, actually, no, the second goal scored by Alex Kalorn was on a power play that came from a too many men penalty uh, suffered by the Bruins. And that was partly due to DeBrusque's inability to uh, accept the feed off the rush on the right side. And it trapped the Bruins in the neutral zone and uh, you know, they got that too many men penalty, which was very unfortunate. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what else there is to say about this one, really. Patrice Bergeron, after the game, he said he thought it was a good effort. Obviously not the start you want, but after that, I thought we took it to them and had some pretty good looks, some chances, and tied the game up. You want to give yourself a better chance and go into overtime and find a way. Obviously not the result you want, but definitely felt more like it tonight. And I guess that's one encouraging thing that we can take from this game. The Philly game overall was pretty bad. In this one, at least, they did show some fight. They were able to come back and tie it. Uh, It would have been nice if they got that point, but they did certainly look better than the previous game, and hopefully they look better in the Washington game so that we all feel a bit better about our Bruins heading into when the games truly matter the most. Um, As to who they're going to play as the third or fourth seed, well, that's very much up in the air right now, seeing as there's some uh, upsets developing, uh, namely the Canadians with a series lead over the Penguins, who would be the fifth seed. Uh, If the Penguins do lose, that would bump Carolina up to uh, the top seed among the qualifiers. So the Bruins finish fourth. They would play against the 
Hurricanes, if they were to finish third and the Penguins lose, then they would play um, the Islanders, perhaps, or it depends what happens in that series because it's uh, not over as the Panthers uh, won a game yesterday. So there's still a lot up in the air, but we do know the Bruins won't get the number one or the number two seed. Uh, that will keep them from playing, you know, the winner of Columbus-Toronto, which isn't the worst thing in the world. And, um, yeah, from there, it's kind of up in the air. I was trying to keep some perspective and be positive on Twitter yesterday. If, if you follow me on there, I said, seeding doesn't matter in a neutral site tournament where everyone is basically starting from scratch. I'm not worrying about the Bruins until the actual playoffs. I'm not ready to write off the team. Uh, the best team in the regular season based on a few games here after four months off. I'll at least wait until Sunday. Uh, if they play poorly against the Capitals, then I'll certainly be a bit more apprehensive about their chances in the playoffs. But I still do believe that they are capable of beating any team in the playoffs. I think they are, uh, when you think about the Bruins dropping seeding, that should not scare us as Bruins fans. It should be bad news for the opposition, not vice versa. So the Penguins, based on how they're playing against the Canadians, if they do pull off their series and the Bruins fall to four, that should be a, a bad sign for the Penguins, not for the Bruins, if that makes sense. There's no Zoom media availability today for the Bruins, which suggests they have the day off. Uh, so we won't hear from Bruce Cassidy about any potential lineup changes. We'll have a better idea of that on Friday when they get back to practice. They have two full days of practice before Sunday's game against the Capitals. And we'll see if there's any lineup changes or, you know, if DeBrusque goes back to the left side with Andre Kasha set to play on Sunday. Uh, that will give us a better idea of what the team will look like against the Capitals and into the playoffs. And again, it's important to remember this team hasn't had a full complement of forwards, uh, and we won't see that until Sunday. Before we move on, let me talk to you about rockauto.com, a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you'll find auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I heard yesterday of someone who went and found a gas cap, even if you need one of those. Whether it's for your classic vehicle or just your daily beater, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. Best of all, their prices are always reliably low, and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for these same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us section so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. I opened up the mailbag for some questions to be sent in for me to answer on the podcast, and I got a few uh, of those, so let me answer those now. The first one came unsolicited uh, during the game last night or shortly after the game last night from at 603 squids who asks thoughts on how grizz 
Lozon pair is looking. I get the size and how their styles should play together, but sheesh, trash, trash emoji. Now, I really like Lozon's defensive game. Um, what I am not a huge fan of is him playing on his offside. He's a left side shot, and uh, his ability to move the puck leaves a little bit to be desired. So I don't think it would be a bad idea to put Connor Clifton in for Sunday's game against the Capitals. He's a bit uh, better with the puck and has uh, that right-hand shot to kind of compliment Grizzlick as well. So I wouldn't be opposed to giving them a look to see if that works a bit better, but maybe Bruce Cassidy wants to keep um, Lozon and Grizzlick a thing and and let them continue to work it out after uh, some time off here. They did look okay uh, prior to the pause, and um, I think... At the same time, it might be good to get Clifton some looks just in case he is called upon at some time during the postseason. Thanks for that question. The next question comes from at Jeremy Tiermini, who asks, This all-day hockey has been awesome, and it is only because of the bubble. What do you think the chances are for a 2021 bubble, since I don't see much improving in the U.S.'s response to the virus in the near future? Oh, that's a very good question. I don't know how the amenable the players would be to a bubble for a whole season. One of the big concerns was, you know, being away from your family for uh, up to a couple months for teams that will advance to the um, conference finals and the Stanley Cup final. I think the only way it would work is if players were allowed to bring their families with them into the bubble. I really can't see them agreeing to be away from them for an 82-game season, which the NHL is hoping to do for 2020-2021. The bubble is clearly working, especially yeah, up here in Canada. The NHL has pulled it off. There's zero confirmed cases of COVID-19 inside the bubble. Players who leave have to quarantine before re-entering. Um, and their tracking system is obviously working since Rask had to quarantine uh, after reporting a cough the other day. So, yeah, the bubble uh, is a good idea in theory for an extended period of time, but I don't know how practical it is just from a human perspective. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't know really how things are going to go if, if things don't improve in the States anytime soon. Uh, at... Sessi J. Amdahl asks, why are they bad? I'm assuming he's referencing our Boston Bruins. And that's a good question. I think Brad Marchand kind of tipped that off back in April when he was asked about, uh, you know, play picking up uh, in the summer. And he said teams like Toronto, Tampa, younger teams, speedier teams might have an advantage because, uh, you know, they'll be able to... Um, pick things up a bit quicker. Young legs, fresh legs. Uh, the Bruins are a veteran team with solid leadership, but they're also an older team, and it's certainly taken them some time to kind of get their legs underneath them in a game situation. Um, so it's probably you know a blessing that they're not jumping right into games that matter. But 
Um, you'd also like to see them find their game a bit quicker here. Um, like I said earlier, I'm not really ready to write them off or say that they're doomed. I believe in this team, and I think they can elevate their game uh, when necessary. And um, I think certainly once we get Kasha back in the lineup, a full lineup, uh, we'll have a better idea of of where things are. Like Jake Dabraska's bouncing around. Um, David Krejci still doesn't have consistent wingers. Um, the top line looked okay at times, uh, but you'd like to see them, um, you know, mesh a bit quicker. David Pasternak's absence certainly had a lot to do with that. So there's a lot of factors in play here for the Bruins, most notably age, having a, a training camp that wasn't consistent as to who was there, uh, the lines consistently inconsistent, <laughs> if you will. And um, so I think Bruce Cassidy certainly has his work cut out for him getting this team to where they want to be by whenever the first round begins. Final question comes from Katie at Dame of Scones. She asks, favorite snack to eat when watching other teams play so you can enjoy and have an appetite? When the Bruins play, I generally just, uh, yeah, drink. Um, but when other teams play, I think I said it before on the podcast, but one of my favorite snacks at the moment is all-dressed chips. Um, they are just incredibly delicious. I don't know if they're available in the States, but to give you an idea of what they're all about, all dressed ruffles combines barbecue, ketchup, sour cream, and onion, and salt and vinegar all into one delicious chip. Now, when I was a kid, I had a bad experience with sour cream and onion chips. Um, I can't eat them to this day, but, you know interspersed with the rest of those flavors it's quite delicious so if you're ever up in canada or those who are up here grab some aldrich chips you will not be disappointed thank you all for those questions and uh yeah we'll try to do a mailbag every now and again throughout the playoffs let's take a look at some news and notes from around the nhl first of all i mentioned Barkley Goodrow earlier and Joe Haggerty of NBCSN is saying per league sources, there's not expected to be any supplementary discipline for Barkley Goodrow's hit to the head blindside of bees winger Anders Bjork from yesterday's round Robin. The lowered position of Bjork's head right before contact played a factor and Bjork returned to the game. First of all, whether or not a player is injured or is able to keep playing should not be a factor in determining um, egregious hits like this, in my opinion. Um, it's the intent that should be taken into account. It was clearly a blindside hit, late hit, and um, yeah, I would think he should have at least sat out the final round-robin game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Barkley Goodrow should have been Barkley Pressro for at least one game, in my opinion. As I mentioned earlier, there's all kinds of upsets brewing in the qualifying round with the Canadians defeating the Penguins in Game 3, the Blackhawks taking a 2-1 series lead over the Oilers, and that will certainly 
cause havoc when it comes to seeding and who plays who in the next round. Uh, like I said earlier, the Bruins don't really seem to be too concerned about it. Tuka Rask, after the game yesterday, said he doesn't really care where the Bruins finish. We ha- they have to focus on their game, try to improve uh, for Sunday and going into next week. You've got to beat everybody anyway, so whatever. Prepare for the postseason. That's our ultimate goal. We've got to win 16 games. We knew that going in, and that's still our goal. Rask said, if you want to make a run in the playoffs, you have to beat every team anyway. The situation is what it is. The worst case that's going to happen is we're going to lose the locker room in our practice rink. So that's about it. He's not really too worried about it, for sure. Um, Like I said, a lot is dependent on whether or not the Penguins can come back, who can hold on in the Islanders-Panthers series, as well as... You know, uh, to a lesser extent, if Columbus can beat Toronto, uh, there is only one Eastern Conference qualifying round game today, and that's the Maple Leafs and Blue Jackets at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. The Capitals and Flyers will play uh, this afternoon as well. And, you know, the Capitals lost to the Lightning the other day, so if they lose again, Sunday's game will probably decide the... Uh, third and fourth seeding. If the Capitals win today, then they'll have three points and the Bruins will not be able to catch them. I should also remind you that uh, seeding last season didn't really mean too much. If you remember, the top seed Tampa Bay Lightning were swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first round and the uh, Carolina Hurricanes defeated the Top Metropolitan team, Washington Capitals in the first round. The Islanders swept the Penguins as a lower seed. Uh, So only our Boston Bruins were the only um, home seed to win in the, uh, or the only top seed in the Eastern Conference to win in their first round series. So it just goes to show you that truly anything can happen in the Stanley Cup playoffs, especially this year. Even in the Western Conference, wildcard team, Dallas beat the top central team, Nashville, in the first round. St. Louis was a lower seed. They beat uh, Winnipeg. The Avalanche beat the um, Calgary Flames in the first round as a lower seed. Uh, So, yeah, really anything can happen. Uh, So let's not get too worked up about the seeding. That about does it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I hope I can help you, uh, I don't know, just put things into perspective for a Boston Bruins. There's still a lot of hockey to be played. And, you know, I believe we'll get a better effort from this team on Sunday for sure. I'm excited to see Andre Kasha in the lineup and to get a better idea of what exactly the lineup will look like with him in. If DeBrusco is back up to the second line, what the third line will look like. And, um, you know... Ultimately, a team will have to beat them four out of seven games in order to uh, have our team eliminated. And I believe they still have a good chance of beating anybody in that kind of series. Um, So yeah, thanks so much again for listening. Tell someone today about the podcast. That would be very much appreciated. I hope you all have a great Thursday. And we'll be back tomorrow to break down uh, practice on Friday as well as take a look at previewing Uh, Sunday's game against the Washington Capitals. 
Have a great rest of the day, friends. Talk to you later. Peace.